Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. We aren't dying the way we used to. We have ventilators, dialysis machines, ICUs, technologies that can fix us and keep our bodies alive, which means that we make radically different decisions because of this this new technology. Defining Hope takes on the topic of dying in our death-denying culture. No matter how sick we get, we always say there's hope. And that is some of what this film, Defining Hope, is about. It's about medicine, but it's also about the personal one-on-one relationship we have with people who are dying and we're honored to have with us today the filmmaker behind the film Defining Hope and that would be Carolyn Jones. Carolyn, welcome to Film School. Oh, thank you, Mike. It's great to be able to talk to you about this film. Yeah. Uh, Tell me a little bit about where the idea for the film came from. I I know you have some background in in the issues relating to American medicine, but tell us where this particular film idea came from. Well, I had spent, uh, I've spent the last six years actually talking to nurses all across the country. First for a book that I did called The American Nurse, and then for a documentary film uh, called The American Nurse Healing America. And then I went back out on the road to talk to nurses more in depth about end of life. And the reason I took this journey was simply that When I did that first round of meeting nurses across America, I would always talk to them about, like, what are the biggest issues that we're not doing well with and how can we do this better? And they always came back to the fact that we're not dying very well in this country. And it was always a we'd get into these incredible conversations about the advancement of technology and how that's made things great in a lot of ways, but also more difficult in a lot of ways and that we need more guidance. So I, I was motivated because there was one nurse I met who said that Americans think that death is optional. And I thought, you know, we do. As Americans, I think we can, you know, we think we can buy ourselves out of pretty much anything. And you just can't buy yourself out of this. So I was motivated to um, do a book with the intimacy that nurses share with their patients and their families, and kind of follow and examine in storyteller fashion eight different patients that were making end-of-life decisions. And this is in New York City. For the American Nurse book and film, I made sure to get as as far across the country as I could and, and, and bring in as much of the country as I could. For this project, so you can imagine, I mean, it's an unbelievably personal, intimate time for patients and their families. And, you know, I had to be pretty much on call to be able to get to a place in enough time to witness an experience or a meeting or a conversation. So I did keep, I'm, I'm based in Manhattan, so I did keep it pretty close to home so that I was available. I I was more interested in varying the situations than I was the locations. In other words, right. I, I wanted to be with a child who was dying. Right. I wanted to be with an elderly person who was dying at home. I wanted to be with a veteran, and I wanted to be in the hospital. Right. So right. I kind of focused on it that way and stayed as local as I could. Right, and, and an elderly couple as well, both facing 
Uh, exactly. But, so yeah, it's it's a wide variety, and I just you know the location really is irrelevant. This these are things as you bring as you've brought into this film that are universal, and the in in right. the in the decisions we make, how we talk about dying and death, uh, how we prepare for it. I'm curious because since this is in such an important part of people's lives, gaining access and gaining the level of intimacy that you were able to get in this film, tell us a little bit about how you went about yeah. that. Well, you know, I'm just such a believer that people want to tell their stories and that um, I think in particular when you get close to the end of life and you, you're taking stock of things and you want to make sure your life made a difference and your time here mattered, we it's, it's kind of hopefully in our human nature to help others and teach others. And I have often found that if you go in with, you know, a massive amount of respect and understand, like, I, it, it's such a privilege to get to meet people and do the work that I do. Mm-hmm. And, and I always look at it that way, that it's my privilege to be there. And, um, and I'm, you know, I had to stay super flexible on this project if someone, you know, we could have our whole crew somewhere, but if someone didn't feel up to it, then, you know, we had to just turn around and, and come home. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there was a lot of time like that. So I, I think that first the nurses made the initial introductions, and then I would get to know the patients and their families and, and make it clear what my intentions were. And somehow we were just able to get to this place of, I had my own intimacy with the patient. Yeah, and it, again, it comes across so beautifully in the film. The film is Defining Hope, and we're talking with the director, Carolyn Jones. And I agree with what you're saying. People at the end of their lives, they are they are, want to impart what they've learned, what their experiences have taught them. They want to pass down some wisdom or some insight into life that will hopefully help others. Uh, in terms of dying in this country, you, we talked about it at the top of the interview. Uh, what do you see in light of your experiences over putting this film together? Are you seeing options, better options for for us as we move into this phase of our, our lives? Yeah, I am. I mean, look, it's it's complicated. And for sure, the fact that some of these technologies that are available, um, you know, prolong the dying process rather than the living process, and that gets a little bit complicated. The game is going to be to know what's right for each individual person. And I have to tell you, when I when I started this project, I was like, I am going to figure out the best way to die, and I'm going to share that with everybody. I'm going to, like, have the how-to manual. How are we supposed to know, you know, when you fill out these forms, do you want a feeding tube? Do you want to be intubated? How are you supposed to know all of this? And as soon as I got into it, it became so evident that every single person handles this in a completely different way. And the will to live is such a, it's such a force. It's such a powerful thing. And so I met so many people who said, look, um, you know, I've had chemo once. I'm never going to have chemo again. And no matter what happens, you know, I, I'm going to just have comfort care and I'm, and I'm going to leave this world enjoying every moment to the last. And then, you know, you get to that moment 
where the doctor's looking at you and saying, you know, there's this other kind of chemo that might help you. And I think that that will to live just kicks in. Or or we think we're like, you know, you hear that a particular um, uh, operation that you might have has a 5% rate of success. And right. you think, well, I'm in that 5%. Right. You know, so it's it's a complicated journey we're on. But the one thing I have to say that I got out of it is, well, there are a lot of things I got out of it. This this project was transformative for me completely. Um, it, it has changed my whole outlook on life. I mean, it's changed everything, top to bottom, from the way in my marriage and how I am with my children. I mean, it, it, it's given me so much joy, if that can be said, working on a film about end of life. Um, but we have choices and how we choose to get to uh, the end of our lives is up to us. And there are a lot of people talking about this right now. And there are a lot of wonderful conversation projects and death over dinner conversations. And all of these things have one thing in common. And that's that they get you to focus on what makes life worth living. And that is such a constructive place for us to be. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, We're speaking with Carolyn Jones, the director of the film Defining Hope. You can find out a lot more about uh, the film and about these issues by going to hope.film. And uh, we also would like to let people know that you can see the film, uh, and you'll have to, so what are those uh, caveats you hear often, check your local listings, but it mm-hmm. is in fact going to, is screening on PBS uh, on American public television, apparently. And so check this. Check the website. That information is available. And the film also won at the Heartland Film Festival, the 2017 for best premiere for documentary feature uh, at the Heartland Film Festival. So it's an award-winning film on top of everything else. Um, I love what you were just saying about the um, part of how this has changed you. And I think people who will watch Defining Hope will certainly consider the questions that you are in the process of answering for yourself and your family when it comes to dying and death. This is our last act. This is our last, this is our swan song. This is how we hope to be remembered. Uh, and in yeah. so many ways, uh, that is how it defi- this will define that. In talking about American medicine, it's hard to not talk about a little bit, at least, about the cost involved. And I know that sometimes is unfortunately a factor in people making decisions about their end of life. But I'm, I mean, and for what you describe, I think American, there's a, there's a segment, a significant segment of the American medical culture that is getting better and better about this particular part of our lives. So that's good to hear. But I, but it's also, unfortunately, sometimes, you know, the economy of, of people, ability to pay and things like that, unfortunately can also enter into this. And uh, so I don't even know if I have a good question, and I don't even know if you agree with what I just said, but I, I, I don't know how we factor that in. Well, yeah. It, it, first of all, you're, you're absolutely right, Mike. I mean, we, the, the economy of it does factor in. If, you're, if you can afford a really fancy um, hospital and ICU or, or hospice and, or have round-the-care nursing care at yeah. the end of life, you, you've got it. You know, you've, you're in a better spot. But but the truth of the matter is, is that no matter 
we can't buy ourselves out of it. And no matter how much money we put into it, it can be just as hard for someone with a lot of money as someone without any money. So um, both are really true. I think that um, in preparation for this film, I worked at a hospice for a year Hmm. and just one day a week, but I volunteered and just so that I could get accustomed to talking to people who were at the end of life and kind of, you know, get over that hump that I think a lot of us have. It's like, oh, my gosh, what am I supposed to say? You know, you can't go in and say, so how are you doing? You know, right. you, you, you feel like everything gets everything in your life feels very small all of a sudden because this person's going through this thing. So I wanted to get beyond that conversation um, to, to, to really see what it was like. And I learned so much that... So many people from completely different walks of life, different things bring them comfort. And, you know, having a certain contentment with your life goes a long way. But if it's physically tough, you know, it's it's physically tough. Um, yeah. it's, and, it, and it is a bit of a battle. But if you look at other countries, you know, just because we spend so much mo- more money on it doesn't mean that we live any longer or we're doing it any better. In fact, not at all. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. There is. I, get, I think around the world, uh, there's uh, there's a, there's a, a perception uh, that uh, death is to be ignored. It's terrifying. We don't want to think about it. If we don't think about it somehow, some way, that'll change <laughs> the the outcome in some right. way. So this, I and I do think that this is. I'll, I'll just take a little credit for the the boomers. I think the boomers yeah. are the first generation to really honestly deal with on this on the scale that i think that they are dealing with it on uh and really asking these questions that you you talk about in defining hope i think that's that is a a true benefit for all of us moving forward is that we're questioning how what do you mean this is how what you don't have to die this way and especially dying alone and and while we're on the subject you've you've written a a book about uh, nurses you've done a film about nurses the film, in so many ways, is defined. In fact, one of the subjects of the film, in fact, is clearly dealing with her own journey. Right. And I, I just, it, it, we, I, I must talk about them because they're such uh, an important part of this film. But they're such an important part of the fabric of of the way we dispense and and um, dispense um, medicine and and medical cure, medical care in this country. Talk about, oh, talk about them. Yeah, I'm so glad that you said that. You know, they they are going to help us enormously as as we move forward and technology gets even more complicated and, and more of us are at the end of life. Because, so first of all, I, I want to back up just for a second. You know, 20 years ago, it wasn't so hard to die. We didn't have these complicated ICUs and so many life-saving techniques. And, you know, if you got really sick, you went into a hospital and you died. Um, but, but now we have so many things that we can do that we do often keep bodies alive longer. And there are lots of miracles, and a lot of that's great. But it's complicated. And that's that's where the nurses kind of come in. So first of all... Um, Nurses look at us really holistically. So the doctor, and, and, and we need both desperately, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But if the, you know, the doctor comes in and looks at 
kind of the part of our body that he's an expert at. And and honestly, if I've got a problem with my heart, I want the guy who spends all day, every day, just thinking about heart coming in and looking at mine. But then you need the person to come in who can look at your whole life situation. Okay, well, if you have this operation, who's your support team at home? And what kind of person are you? Are you a half glass, half empty person or a glass, half full person, you know, or... Do you have a, a do you have a spouse or do you have a loved one that will care for you when you have to do all this stuff now that this technology lets us do at home? And so between that and explaining what some of the procedures are and what how they're really going to affect you, you know that heart doctor, he can't really speak too much about what that operation that they're thinking about doing is going to do to your kidney. But the nurses kind of understand your whole body enough to remind you, say, you know, if you do this, this might happen down the line. Not not to say that doctors don't ever do it, but nurses are just in a position to see how all of these things we choose to do affect us and our loved ones. And they have the bedside time with us to kind of know how we're feeling and know how we interact and know what kind of a community we have. So they play a really, really important um, role in our end-of-life experience in this country. Yes, they do. And absolutely. In fact, there's just a a couple of very, really heart-wrenching scenes in the film Defining Hope and the one with the nurse sitting there on the bed talking to the woman who's in her last days yeah. and that's a just a exceptional moment and there are just so many like it and you're absolutely right uh the nurses are are the kind of shock absorber for people who are dealing with dire medical situations who are able to talk people down and as we know more and more about the way we we process information how it affects our physically, mentally, psychologically, being in a comfortable place, being able to understand what's going on and the impact it has on our ability to recover or to deal with uh, these medical conditions is becoming clearer and clearer with the more data that we do on these kinds of uh, subjects. So it is an important part. They're important for all the reasons that you said. And just that sort of uh, that interpreting what a doctor might have said to a to a patient in a way that they can more readily understand or just providing comfort. Sure, sure. You know, um, what comes to mind is there's a couple in the film, Bert and Lottie, and they're an elderly couple. And I was able to uh, have a chance to witness the nurse trying to get them both to the same place. Bert was 95 years old and did not want to go back into a hospital no matter what. He just wanted to die at home. And Lottie just wanted to avoid that moment no matter what. And no matter what happened to Bert, she wanted him to go to the hospital and get fixed. And I watched this nurse negotiate their emotions and, you know, try to advocate for the patient, but but try to be there for the wife, knowing that she was going through a really hard time. And it was one of the most beautiful emotional dances I'd ever seen there was he he like gently puts his hand on the gentleman's knee and you know there's just there's touching and there's listening and there's guiding and 
it's just such a unique profession that that make I think it's just full of extraordinary people. Yeah, yeah, and and again, it's it's hard to understate how important this part of our lives is. I mean, in my opinion, in my philosophical opinion, it's the fact that we're mortal, the fact that we do die, that defines so very, very much of our world. It impacts our view on religion and philosophy and child rearing and the and falling in love. It's it it's, it always almost always comes back to the fact that we're mortal, the fact that we will eventually be dealing with our own mortality and how we play that out at a personal level, at a social level, at a world level. And these are the kinds of things, these are the conversations we need to be having. Absolutely. I mean, you know, I, I'm not quite sure when we got so far from death. I know my, my father saw his grandfather die at, at home, and then his, his grandfather's body was put in the front parlor. And, you know, we used to have a closer relationship with death. We right. saw it more, and we understood it better. And I think seeing it better um, more often, it, it makes you deal with it in a better way. Yeah. Since we since we kind of ship our elderly elsewhere and we have ICUs that we can't often go into, yeah. uh, we're not, we're not familiar with death. And so we have forgotten that we're going to die. I think we get really stuck in the present and, and you're so right to, to remember it throws a light on everything. Yeah, it you know, it's, it, it just, it just makes you kind of be here in a better way if you can try to remember that it's it's fleeting we we're not it's not permanent we we're not here forever and uh and i think that makes us and yes yeah, it's, so, it's a hard stuff to talk about because it, it it just kind of begins to sound so corny but it it does make you really look at each day as as being precious yeah yeah it does and and your film helps us with all of that Thank you. The film is Defining Hope. The filmmaker is Carolyn Jones. And uh, it is, again, we'll mention that uh, be looking for this uh, on a PBS affiliate in your area. Uh, It has started as of our conversation here today. So just be on the lookout for Defining Hope. You can find out more about it by going to hope.film, and that'll tell you uh, you all you need to know in terms of getting an opportunity to watch the film award-winning film at the Heartline Film Festival, best documentary uh, premiere feature, and all of that. So, uh, Carolyn Jones, keep up the good work. Uh, you're, in a, you're in a part of our, our world in terms of filmmaking that is uh, truly inspiring. It, this is an empathetic and very clear-eyed look at, at death and living as well. Thank you so much for being here on Film School. Thank you so much. It's been great talking to you today. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.